0: Hello and welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. Here at the studios of Joy FM, we have a live Bible question and answer program. And going into our program today, we would like to invite you to please pray with us. Heavenly Lord, we are so glad that the Word of God is here before us and that we can come to you and get answers straight from the Bible. And we invite your spirit to be with us here at Joy FM and also with our listening friends. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffins, and with me today is Elder Francis Balaras. I'm very glad that he's here with me today. Good to see you, Mr. Balaras. Thanks for coming and uh, joining me on the program.
1: Moffin, hey, Pastor. Yes, it's wonderful to be
0: here. Yeah, and it uh, looks like we need to get a little closer to the mic. And, uh, well, Elder oh, Francis okay. is an elder... how's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little I'm better? Much better. All right. So he is an elder in uh, the Again High Semite Adventist Church and he is a Bible teacher as well and we're very glad that uh, he is here to to answer your Bible questions and I'll do my best to join him in that and so if you're going to call your Bible questions then here are the phone numbers you want to uh, dial if you're calling from Guam then please dial 472 1111 472 1111 that's if you're calling from Guam Now, if you're calling from Saipan, Tinian or Rhoda, then you may dial from those islands, 323-1113, 323-1113. And I know there are wonderful people listening on those islands as well. Now, perhaps you would like to text us your your questions. You may do so. Here's the number to use, area code 671 686 nine. Again, that's 686-9999, and that's free from the CNMI. Now, if you would like to email your questions, you can do that at b-i-b-l-e at joyfmradio.net. Once more, that's bible at joyfmradio.net. And if you would like to go to Facebook, then go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. And there you should find our live stream and uh, you be able to see us on video. Take a look at uh, what Elder Francis Velaris looks like. Me too. And <laughs> we... And there, in the comments section, you should be able to uh, leave your question there. We'll see it immediately, and we'll take that question. So thank you very much for joining us. Please take advantage of the time that we have together and call in your questions. And by the way, if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from 5 to 6, then you're listening to a rebroadcast. You're always welcome to call and contact Joy FM at any time of the week, uh, but you um, the the when you leave your question there, the live answer will come presumably the next Monday, the next program. I w- was uh, um, with, I, I knocked on somebody's door and they say, oh wow, you're on, I, it's, it's interesting. They say, you're here, but I just finished listening to you on the radio. Well, that was really? a rebroadcast, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Elder Francis, we have uh, about less than an hour left with our wonderful friends. And I think that we wanted to talk a little bit about the the covenants and the old and new covenant. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people yes. who, who wonder, what was the old covenant? They would like to know, what does it mean to be a new covenant Christian? Many people have, uh, they wonder about, uh, is, the old, is the old covenant the Ten Commandments? And is the new covenant doing away with the Ten Commandments, and instead of, uh, worrying about the law of God. Now the new covenant is all about just having faith in Jesus. Right. Uh, you probably heard things like that before.
1: So many, a lot of questions. Matter of fact, a lot of people don't even know what the cov- what the original covenant was, true, and they don't true. even know what the current covenant is. Yeah. What, what, so, what, so it's what was uh, the uh, old? perplexing. What it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and coming from different uh, faiths too, a lot of faiths don't talk about these covenants at all,
0: or well, um, at least uh, explain or from the Bible. Down. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so. I think even just a, a regular person who goes to church, is, hmm. you know, who used to go to church or whatever, uh, sometimes churches or pastors or preachers don't often speak about the covenant it can, uh, yeah. or address it. So yeah, there, there are some people that don't know what, what we're even talking about. First, so let's define covenant first, first That's off. That's a good question.
0: What does the word itself, covenant, mean? And uh, if I make
1: a covenant with somebody, what does that actually entail? Well, it's almost like a... How would you say, it's, I want to equate it to almost like a marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a marriage
0: covenant. Yeah. That We, we actually yes. use that kind of language today. What, what, uh, you know, a marriage covenant, what does that mean? Uh, so uh, how would you liken it to a marriage?
1: Well, the way I see it is an agreement between two people. Uh-huh. So a covenant is a, and a lot of people understand, well, there's a difference agreement. between saying, hey, I'll meet you at uh, so-and-so place at 5 o'clock p.m. for dinner, you know, that, that's, a, that's a different type of right. you know, like a agreement, like, okay, I'll see you then. Right. Or you'll say, hey, I'll buy this from you for $50, and you agree, okay, I'll agree on that price of $50. Sure. R- very similar, but not quite the same. Okay. The marriage it was a marriage goes a lot further than yeah, that. So yeah, so we're, we're talking something serious. So when it comes to the covenant in the Bible, it, is, it was something, an agreement. Yes, it was agreement between mm-hmm. two persons. One was God. The yes. other was man, of course. And so God had made an agreement with man. That's right. And so his type of covenant is almost like similar to a marriage where you take it very seriously.
0: Very. It is a very serious. Very thing. solemn and serious. So. It's a very solemn agreement. Some people might use the word testament or contract. Yes. Uh, where it is uh, solemn vows, promises made on both sides. Yes. And very binding, you very might say. binding. Very binding. Very <laughs> binding. Well, you know, I thought it very beneficial to, to ask ourselves, well, let's take a look at the Old Covenant. The yes. Old Covenant is, uh, well, first of all, uh, the Bible talks about the Old Covenant. The writer of Hebrews, if we go to the book of Hebrews 8, and it says a few things about the First Covenant, uh, the Old Covenant. Now, again, there are some people who ask the question, uh, is the Ten Commandments the old covenant. Mm. Uh, so I w- we would like to get our answers straight from the Bible, That's like we always right. promise every That's Monday. Right. <laughs> okay, so let's go to the book of First. Uh, I'm sorry, the book of Hebrews, chapter eight, and if we can see, look at verse. Um, it says verse six and seven would yeah, be a I'll good place go to read. And uh, would you like to uh, sure. be, do the honors of reading those two v- sure, verses?
1: Yeah. Very happy to, Pastor. Thank you. All right. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 says, but now, on am reading for the King James Version, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Okay. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second.
0: Okay. Okay. So according to these two verses, first of all, um, the new covenant is described as a better covenant. Yes, better. <laughs> okay, so it's supposed to be better, and yes, uh, which means that the old covenant was not so good. <laughs> it wasn't a good covenant because the new one is far better. Okay, Superior. So yes. uh, we need to ask ourselves, uh, does this fit with the Ten Commandments? And then in verse 7, uh, it says... For if that first covenant had been faultless, no place should have been sought for, for second. the second. Yes. Okay, so here's another thing we can see about the first covenant. It was faulty, and mm-hmm. it had bad promises because it says that the new covenant was founded on better promises. Better promises. That's right. Okay, so we have to ask ourselves, does the Ten Commandment have any bad promises? Um, contrary to that, the Bible actually says that the, that the 10 commandments ha- is, has very good promises in the book of Ephesians. Uh, the, uh, the apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, he says, um, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And he says for, um, it, that, uh, the first, it is the first commandment with promise Yes. Is the first commandment with promises, honor your father and and your mother that your days may be long upon the land. So we see that the Ten Commandments didn't have any bad promises. It actually had good promises. It did. So it doesn't seem like the Ten Commandments fit what the Bible is saying about the Old Covenant. Not only that, but it says that uh, um, the Bible says that the Old Covenant had faults. It it, it was uh, faulty. So we ask ourselves, Did the Ten Commandments have any faults? No, of course not.
1: They were perfect. (laughs) They were perfect. They were perfect. That's very, I'm so glad you used that word. Isn't that what the
0: Bible says? Yes. The law of the Lord is perfect. Perfect. That's That's Psalm 19. The perfect law of the Lord, yes. Can something be perfect and have faults? No. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. You know, when when you
1: look at God's uh, covenant with man, Uh it's usually man who breaks that covenant. Usually, yes. And so we see that whenever God makes a promise or uh, a binding agreement between him and and uh, right. our patriarchs uh, from the past it seemed to be the patriarchs that seem to always slip and uh yeah not be able to hold up to their agreement and
0: you know that's a very good point because when it says that the old covenant had faulty promises what yeah. promises were faulty you know, in order to take a look at it, we need to go to where the old covenant actually happened. Yes, and you find that in the book of Exodus nineteen. Yes, in Exodus. the book of Exodus nineteen, um, the God God came down on Mount Sinai, mm-hmm. and He says, "I'm going to talk to the people." That must have been a very momentous occasion. Yes. to to uh, listen to God speak His uh, His law uh, to His people. Okay, now it says in Exodus chapter 19, and let me see where, uh,
1: where is it up, 9,
0: 10, that's I believe, am I right, maybe I'm not in the right chapter, but I thought it was uh, chapter 19, there it is, okay, and verse, uh, I'm looking at verse uh, 6 and 7. Uh, four, I, I guess the covenant starts at verse four, all the way to uh, eight. <laughs> That's quite a bit of verses, but we yeah. just to just to take a look at what the covenant, because we, like we said, it's an exchange of vows, it's yes. uh, promises that they that we make uh, to each other. So let's take a look at the old covenant at Mount Sinai that God had with His yes. people. So Exodus nineteen four to eight. And why don't you take turns? Okay. uh, You
1: can read four and five and I'll take the rest. All right. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a particular treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine.
0: And then God continues and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all those words which the Lord commanded him. Okay, so we saw God's promises. Now, Mm -hmm. those sound like great promises to me. I don't see any faulty promises there. I don't see anything wrong uh, with uh, the promises that God made. But let's hear what the people said. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, they we will do. do. That's right. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. Now you said very, very, I believe, very correctly and very insightfully how, um, you know, whenever, in the old, uh, whenever God gave his covenant to people, it seems like it was, it was the people who were the ones who kept slipping up. Yes. Because here they promise everything that the Lord said— we're going to do it. What happened when Moses came back down from Mount Sinai?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they decided to have a party. <laughs> oh, it was a, yeah, it was a terrible and, uh, kind of party too. Yeah.
0: It wasn't anything godly. Um, it they were It was
1: a bad party. Yeah, they were up, dancing
0: right. around the um
1: seems like golden a lot of calf parties. It seems like in throughout the theme of the Bible whenever there's a party <laughs> someone someone gets in trouble.
0: Oh, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times when there's mirth and revelry yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, here they were worshiping a golden calf. Yeah. When Moses came down, he was, well, he had some really righteous indignation and he, yeah. he broke the, he broke the, the tablets of stone that God had written as on. Together, yeah. and he says, yes. you know, you broke the covenant. Now that makes sense because if you go back to Hebrews chapter eight, uh, we then now find where are the faulty promises? Because if you go to back to Hebrews chapter eight, it says in verse 8, for finding fault with them, yes, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. So where where did the faulty promises lie? Did it lie in the Ten Commandments or did it lie yeah. with the people? Lie with the people. It was the people. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, is that whenever the covenant is based on our promises, how, how successful are humans in keeping their promises
1: oh wow. even in if you look throughout the bible even with uh, the best of them we could say so say peter uh, peter <laughs> said jesus i'll never leave you or yeah, forsake exactly, you right and, exactly uh, so many yeah so Abraham many, too he, yeah. he said whatever you tell me to do i'll do and, yeah and uh these giants of the faith they yes, had their their weaknesses but uh, praise God for His mercy and forgiveness, and His continued guidance and yeah. never failing reach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Of course, they stayed the course, but here with the covenant, that was a different um, thing because with that one, it was made. It was a perfect covenant hmm. in terms of the agreement that God had agreed to be His their God. His promises were yes. great, and He said, yeah. if, I, "If you call me your one and only, I will right. do this. I That's will continue right. to you know watch over you and care for you." And they said, "Yes, I will do it." Yeah, you, know, you took us out of Egypt. We you will got do us. this.
0: You okay. got it. We'll we'll be the perfect, yeah. uh, we'll be the perfect obedience people ever. And it wasn't forty days later when no. they broke that pro- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that promise. Now I'm not going to be too hard on them because you know on yeah. January one, what do we all say we're going to do?
1: Resolutions. Yeah,
0: we're going to say this year I'm going to drop ten pounds. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to learn piano. I'm going to do. I'm going to be a better person. And January two, I don't know what happens. So yeah. I'm I'm not going to be too hard on them because that's the problem with the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant had bad promises yes. and they were ours. This is the reason why our salvation can never be based oh, upon right, anything we do. That's right. It's a terrible way to go about... It's a terrible way to go about... Um, it's a uh f- walking the Christian walk saying I'm going to make myself do this. I'm going to promise God. I'm going to I I I it's still pretty eye focus. Yes. The new covenant has to be based on better promises. Yes. And uh you know, we need we need to know what is the new covenant. Now, many people as we said at the beginning, were n- are not entirely sure is the n- is the new covenant does it have anything to do with God's law? Right. So we go to the book of Hebrews, uh, still in chapter eight, and it and it tells us it tells us what uh, the the new covenant is in verse ten. And uh, I think it would be a good idea to read that verse 10. Yes, I even have
1: it highlighted on my Bible here. Oh, look at that. (laughs) You highlight the right one. Hebrews 8 verse 10 says, Mm -hmm. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people.
0: Now that is interesting. Instead of saying that the n- new covenant does away with the law, God says, "No, I'm going to write the law in your heart and in your mind." Yes. Now, in the old covenant, it wasn't in the old covenant. Where did God write the law? On the tables of stone. On tables of stone. Yes. Yeah, so. Now, there's nothing wrong with with the uh, nothing wrong with the rock. There's nothing wrong with the law on the rock, but if we just see the law of God and say, "I'm going to keep it," then there's something that that uh, we're missing and that is the law of god has to go from external to, to internal, internal that's and right. only god can do that only god yeah. can write his law in our hearts so we see that the new covenant is not breaking god's law the new covenant is not doing away with god's law the new covenant is exactly what jesus said in john 14:15 if you love me keep my commandments keep my commandments that's that right. is the new covenant promise now we see that our promises aren't even in there. No. So it's based on much better promises. It's God's promise. That's entirely right.
1: God. Isn't that wonderful? wonderful. I, can, I can trust a covenant like that. Yes. <laughs> and the good thing is we had an example. Yes. And Jesus or God didn't, didn't just leave us hanging to figure it out. Right. He sent his son. He did. Uh, he did. Jesus was that representative. I see we got a call. Yeah, it looks really? like
0: we have a call, and it's uh, being processed. And so, right. you know, you never know. Maybe they're they're calling for a new calendar, <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, but well, all calls welcome. But you see, that's the thing is that um, in the in the old covenant system, the person brought the lamb. Yes, the person brought the, the sacrifice. sacrifice. That's right. The person did all these things, yes. and all of these pointed forward to you know uh, future things that God was going to do. Yes. But isn't it interesting that in the New Covenant, it was God who provides the lamb. That's right. And so once more, it's not about what we do. It's about what God does um, on our behalf. He came. He sent his son. That's right. And Jesus came, and he was the one who um, who gave his life, and it was his blood who was spilt. It was his life that was given. Okay. All right. Now, as we're... Waiting for the calls to come, I want to give one more time because it looks like we have about eight minutes left in our first First half (laughs) of our program. 472-1111, 472-1111. And that's if you're calling from Guam. Calling from the CNMI, dial 323-1113, 323-1113. And, of course, you can go to Facebook.com forward slash JoyFM Radio. All right. It looks like we have a caller. And so let's put Kelly on the on the air. Let's listen to Kelly's question. Hello, Kelly. Okay, hello. Welcome welcome Kelly to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air now.
2: Oh, thank you, Pastor.
0: Pleased to meet you. Oh, thank my you. Question is, yeah.
2: My question is, did God really forgive
0: all the sin? Oh, very good question. Did God forgive all the sin? <laughs> That's a good question. Okay. Yes. You know, um
1: You know it's when, uh, go ahead, Elder Francis. If you yeah. read I don't know if you were listening earlier, uh, Kelly, but, uh, we were talking about the covenant Mm -hmm. and if you look at verse 12 of chapter eight of, of Hebrews, it says here, if you would keep my covenant, I will write them in your hearts and in your minds. And then further down in verse 12, it says here, for I will be there, be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will, will I remember no more? Hmm. So that almost sounds like uh, you're asking the same question, does God forgive the sins? And here in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, if we follow the new covenant with Jesus, the answer, I believe, to that question is yes, based on what the Bible says. For God will be merciful for those who follow him and for their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And this is God talking to us Right. And so that's that's one assurance, and then I know Pastor Lewis has other other Bible texts, and I, we can come up with many more to assure you that if you ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you. Um, I know that's a lot of burdens that many people feel that right. they cannot come to God because they feel so sinful, mm. and God cannot forgive what they have done. But that's a lot because a lot of people don't understand the Bible promises and have never mm. read them or heard them spoken to them or, or, or seen. And so a lot of them do not know Mm -hmm. that we do serve a loving God who's willing to give us the benefit of the doubt.
0: Kelly, I want to, uh, I want to add to what elder Francis just said. And here's the thing is that our God has more grace than we have sin. The Bible clearly teaches that. The Bible clearly says that where grace does abound, I'm sorry, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Bound, that's right. So God has more forgiveness than we have sin. Um, Does this mean that everybody's sins are forgiven already? Well, s- forgiveness is not, I, I want to say that forgiveness not is not entirely, being forgiven is not entirely God's um uh, how can I say responsibility, we have a part to do for forgiveness. And this is, the, this is the only thing that we need to do in order to be forgiven. And that's found in the book of First 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you see, God is so willing to forgive everything, one hundred percent everything. Um, but in order for us to benefit from that marvelous forgiving grace of God, we need to come to Him, believe in His Son Jesus, confess our sins to Him, and He promises all forgiveness will be given. And uh, it's almost like uh, it's almost like if somebody has. An entire, you know, uh, an entire bank account full of money,
1: yeah.
0: and he says, and that person says, It's in your name, Lois, you can have it. But I never go to the bank to withdraw, then all that money does me nothing. And so, God, He has all the forgiveness and all the grace and all the mercy, but He says, I want you to come and confess your sins so that you can benefit from it. And yeah. so, I believe that God is so willing to forgive sins he sent his son to die just to just to show that he is a very forgiving God now what needs to happen is we need to come to him so that our sins can be forgiven does that answer your question Kelly
2: yes pastor but, uh, one thing that I I really want to understand yes some the, the, in the Jesus mentioned that if anyone speaks Ah, the
0: yes holy spirit The holy spirit yes, yes you are you are yeah you're you're talking about Matthew 12 31 yes. Matthew 12 31 says wherefore
2: I want to know, know what what kind of you know sin that Jesus is talking about okay, okay.
0: if you, uh, allow me to specific. read it um, allow me to read that it's verse okay. for you in Matthew 12 31 it says wherefore I say unto you all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men let me just focus on that first part of the verse. Did you hear what Jesus just said? How many sins <clears throat> and blasphemies can be forgiven? All. All. How much is all?
1: Death, uh murder, uh, yeah. Mu- well, is that
0: 99%? 99.999? That's 100%. All manner yes. of blasphemy and sin can be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Now we need to understand why is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit why can that be forgiven? And Kelly, I'm going to make this very we're, we can make this very simple. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the one who calls you to repentance. That's right. And so if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, then you will not repent. If you don't listen to the Holy Spirit, you will not confess. And if you can't repent and you can't confess, then obviously you cannot be forgiven because you're not coming to God. So Mm -hmm. that is the sin. That is the sin that cannot be forgiven because it is the sin that uh, you are refusing to repent and to confess.
1: You know, Uh, it's interesting, though, Kelly, that there is a time and opportunity God gives you mm -hmm. and I and Pastor Lewis or anybody on this earth ample time to continually listen to his Holy Spirit. But the reason why I, 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 that strong word blasphemy is very strong because it's the word blasphemy. If you look through the Bible is when those put their, their self in the place of God, when you tell the Holy Spirit who is God, I don't need you because I only need myself or I only need to listen to myself and not you. And therefore you are saying that you are above God basically. then you know how can god forgive you and, and pastor lewis i don't know if you can mm. uh interject there but that's the way one of the, the views i see it okay well
0: brother kelly it looks like uh we're gonna have to go to our break now thank you very much for your question we certainly hope you, that what we what we answered was good yes okay, okay. well thank you kelly thank you, god bless you, bye-bye yes. okay that means we're going to be taking a break we are not finished we'll be right back after this
1: You noticed the neighbor that lived with a struggle, that needed prayer, and a helping hand. You noticed the stranger that lived in the streets, that needed a coat, some hope, and a listening ear. You noticed a God that cared for your neighbor, that cared for the stranger, that loved you first. You noticed a change in the way you respond to the people you notice, the ones that need prayer, the ones that need help, the ones who've never been a stranger to the God you noticed. Joy FM, family-friendly radio.
2: Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash radio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Hello,
0: and we have returned from our break. We're so glad that you are still tuned in. Thank you very much for listening, and also thank you for those of us who have called in your questions. Now, once more, we want to give you our contact information so you can call in your questions. 472-1111, 472-1111. And that is if you're calling from Guam, Saipan, Tinian, and Rota, dial 323 1113. 323 1113. And of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash joyfm radio and you can see our live stream and you can leave your question there in the, uh, the comment section and we'll see it right away. And we're very glad that you are tuned in and either listening or watching. And please take advantage of the time that we have left until 6 p.m. tonight. And yes. so let us uh, continue on with our questions. Now, we wanted to, uh, Ke- Kelly br- brought a, a good question about yes, the blasphemy did. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to uh, clarify just, just a little bit more, and I think I did too. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, what I wanted to say is that the Holy Spirit is so important when it comes to uh, the plan of salvation, the, the plan yes, of salvation yes. and the way we even come to God. We, can't, right. we can't come to God. Unless the Holy Spirit is drawing us, yes, and so we need to we need to uh, recognize that without God we can't repent, we can't yes. uh, cleanse ourselves. We we are as lepers, yes. <laughs> spiritual lepers, without the Holy Spirit wooing us. But yeah. if we listen to the
1: Spirit, that is where we get repentance. And then finally, confession and cleansing. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to point out to Kelly is that you and I do not have to go to another man mm, right. or another a person, a woman, and confess our sins. The Bible just plain as day. Right, God says you need to confess your sins to Jesus. He mm-hmm. is our mediator, our right. one and only mediator. We don't have to go to anyone else. Right. So you can just kneel where you're at uh, mm-hmm. whether it's at your house at work mm-hmm. on the beach and just pray and ask God for forgiveness. That's right. Straight to Jesus and he will hear your prayers Anytime, through the Holy any Spirit. Place. That's yeah. right. And that is why when we blaspheme the Holy Spirit, uh God cannot forgive us for that because right. basically you're saying I can I don't want to listen to you mm. but yet you want to ask him for forgiveness but you refuse to listen. <laughs> Well, it's almost like how can I if I go to the doctor, and the doctor
0: says take this and you'll feel better, but I say no, I don't want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, the doctor can have all the cure and all the knowledge, but unless I submit to his calling and to his advice, yeah. and and finally take that cure, um, I I remain sick. And so it is with
1: God. God has all yeah. the forgiveness. But we have a part to play, yeah.
0: and that is to submit to what he's saying.
1: And, you know, one of the things I want to also bring out to Kelly uh-huh. is we are so blessed to have had our ultimate sacrifice do all the work for us. Yes, we don't absolutely. Have to, we don't have to wake up early in the morning, find <laughs> the best pigeon or, or <laughs> dove or, or sheep or, or lamb. And give and, that sacrifice. And, and, and have to sacrifice that uh, to ask God to forgive us. Now we can just go straight to the lamb who was slain and he will forgive us. So that's one of the, the blessings we have as uh, Christians and the opportunity we have to get to know our savior more uh, before, you know, and I think there's a question that will relate to what we're about to talk to in a few minutes. But mm. before we leave this, this planet, you know, God, yeah. God has a, a a plan for us and he, he wants us to be with him uh, forever. And, if we refuse to take advantage of this gift He has given us, which is the ability to speak to Him and ask Him to forgive what we've done, um, I don't know what what more God can do. Mm. He's done He's done everything. He has
0: done everything to to uh, right. for our salvation. He's going to continue right. doing everything for our salvation. But if we must come to Him in faith, and That's it's a right. uh, that is, that is what God is waiting for. Now, we do have a question. It looks like it's from Amani. Now, Amani is asking, when Jesus comes, uh, the people who don't go to heaven, do they die when he comes? Yeah. Or do they just wait until the third coming? Okay. Now, she's mentioning something called the third coming. I yes. don't know if a lot of people know what the third coming is, but... It's true. Well, first of all, let's deal
1: with the second coming. Well, let's, Jesus let's is coming
0: again. First coming, first coming was in Bethlehem. He
1: came as a child, That's grew right. up to yep. a man, and 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 he was our example. Yep. And that was his first coming as a Messiah. That's right. As a savior. And we, you know, he, he walked amongst us, he taught, right.
0: he healed, and then he finally gave his life for our salvation. And then he promised that he would come again. That's right. In John 14, he <laughs> says, right. I will come again. Yes. Oh, so Jesus is coming again. Wonderful news. Yeah. Wonderful news. So
1: I, she's asking, he's yeah. asking about that second coming. Is he coming again? That's one. And uh-huh. two, is is the people, I guess there's a, a trifold question here because she's asking when he takes those with him in, in the second coming, what will happen to those who are remain and alive? That's right. Okay. It's so, a very stompered question and a good question for a young person to ask because not right. that many people understand what this <laughs> well, means for those who, who are question. not taken
0: <laughs> with Jesus to heaven. Now, when people, when Jesus comes, obviously there's going to be two groups of people who are alive when Jesus comes. Yes. Those who are righteous and those who are not. And because she's specifically asking about those who are not, don't go to heaven, yes. those who are not saved when Jesus comes, what happens to them? Do they die or do they just wait here on earth until Jesus comes a third time? Um, Second Thessalonians chapter one does answer that very question very pointedly. And thank you very much, Armani, uh, for calling uh, yes. or leaving your question here. Okay, it says in Second Thessalonians one verse seven, eight, and nine.
1: Um, would you like to read that? Yeah, sure. And to you who are, tr- sorry, Second Thessalonians chapter one verse seven. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them on them that know not God and that and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 9. Yeah. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? Okay, so it's very clear what the apostle
0: Paul was writing to the to the Thessalonians. He's coming from heaven, revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Do you remember what one angel did to the Roman guard at Jesus' tomb on that first uh, yes. Sunday morning? Oh, they
1: fell like yeah. they were dead. They <laughs> fell as dead men. That's yeah, right. Just and looking at <laughs> shininess.
0: Can you imagine the all all the hosts of heaven uh, <laughs> filling the sky? there at Jesus second coming. And uh, so it says and Jesus himself when he comes he's coming in all his glory. That's right. And if you go to the book of Revelation chapter 3, it says that the mighty men and the captains and the rich men they flee That's and right. they call to the rocks and mountains fallen us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and yes. from the wrath of the lamb for the day of his wrath is come and who is able to stand? And so that is what the majority of the people who are, um, you know, the majority of the people of the world, the unsaved, will. That's their reaction when Christ comes. And we just read here that in flaming fire, uh, they will. Uh, those who do not know God, they that don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says that they, um, they are punished with everlasting destruction. That's right. Now there are many people who say everlasting destruction. Yes, the destruction. They are destroyed um, when Jesus comes. Now many people may be wondering what is the what's the third coming all about. <laughs> well, uh, this is a whole study in itself. Yes, it but is. if you go to Book of Revelation chapter twenty, it says that after a thousand years. Between the second coming and the third coming, for a thousand years, the righteous are in heaven. The the wicked are dead on the earth. Satan is bound in the bottomless pit here on earth. And then the, the new Jerusalem descends from heaven uh, with the saved inside of it and Jesus inside of it. And the wicked are resurrected for their own judgment at the end yeah. of a thousand years. So we might call that the second, the third coming rather. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, here's here's another thing uh, as we continue that third, uh, just for Armani, and this is very graphic, <laughs> but Second Peter chapter three verse uh, twelve, yes, 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 says here, looking for the hastings unto the coming of the day of the Lord, which is the mm, second coming, right, wherein the heavens being on fire, fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So mm-hmm. basically. Um, Amani, you know, that everything here and I, I would often look at the splendor and wonder of, of what mm. man has built. Uh, you know, to these skyscraper. I've been you and I have been to places where we've seen these amazing skyscrapers Big that buildings. we think will last forever, but God will yeah. actually destroy all this. Islands will be moved out of their place. That's right.
0: The islands will sink into yeah. the sea, the Bible says. And
1: basically there will be nothing on this earth left. Uh Alive. That's right. Yeah, everything unfortunately <laughs> But if you're, on Ge-
0: if you're on Jesus' side, you don't have to worry because you're going up. That's right. <laughs> you're going up to meet the Lord in the air, according right. to First Thessalonians 4. So, Amani, we certainly hope that answered your question. Now, we do have another person who is waiting patiently on the air, on the lines, telephone lines, rather. And we're going to be talking to Christopher. Let's uh, say hello to him and hear his question. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible, Christopher. You're on the air now, sir.
2: Hey, good
1: afternoon. Hey. How are you? I haven't heard Chris in a while. Good to hear from you too, Chris. Off a day, Chris. Okay, I've got a
2: question for example, Revelation
1: eighteen. A Revelation uh, 18.
2: eighteen. Hello.
0: Yeah, I'm so we're we're here. We're here. You're okay. breaking up a little bit, but go ahead.
2: Revelation two and eighteen. Uh, you'll find it there. Deuteronomy twelve and thirty-two, and Deuteronomy four and two. And it's about taking or adding words to the scripture. And that no one oh, yes, yes, to yes. add words to it. Yes. So, my question is you've got all these copies. If you go to the bookstore, you've got Bibles, this kind of Bible, NIV, the BIV, yes, question. you over it, posted all the words. And if you look at a King's James first, a 1611 King's James, which I have, and you look at all these books and these Bibles in a store, it's been sliced up and chopped up. Um, what's going on here? And I'll uh, listen
0: over to you. Thank you yes. very much. Okay, uh, that was Revelation 22:18 and it says, "For I testify unto every man, I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19 goes on and says, If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So, yes, I agree. Uh, First of all, the the book of Revelation is warning us about tampering with, well, specifically that book, book the book of Revelation. Revelation. But it's true. The book of Deuteronomy, the principle applies to all of Scripture. And so yes. he is asking yeah. about about uh, Bible versions.
1: Yes, I think that are radically different yes, from each other. He's alluding to the different translations that we mm. have out there. Yeah. Uh, there's so many. I mean, if you go to any event, any Bible uh, mm. store or bookstore here on Guam, <laughs> or you get a whole or anywhere, right. you can see there are different so many different versions of the Bible and uh different bibles the a s b the e e s v you have the nk (laughs) all uh, these b's (laughs) jv the niv and uh, living translation you have so many and a lot of people say they prefer this over that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there are so many out there and I, i think that's one of the questions he has also that if they've been chopped up and cut up i think that's what i heard him say and dissect it to the point where is any of it still God's word? Mm, I think that's mm, the bottom line. He was pretty asking. much, yeah. Okay,
0: well, let me begin at the very beginning because that's a very good place to start. <laughs> so here we need to understand something: the Bible was not written in English. No, it was written in Hebrew, a little bit in Aramaic in the Old Testament, and then Greek, Koine Greek, and I mean Greek, uh, classical Greek in the New Testament. Yes. Now, thankfully, we don't have to learn these languages in order to read the Bible. People who study uh, Hebrew and Greek uh, have done wonderful scholastic work in translating them the best they could and are continuing to do so into the various languages in the world, Uh, to English, to Spanish, to Chamorro. There's a Chamorro version. But then there are some people, particularly with the English language, they're reading one version and they say, why is it different I mean, entire verses missing yes. from, uh, let's say, between the NAV and the KJV. Um, I I would like to offer my own personal, um, my own personal, um, how do I say, uh, understanding and yeah, take, take on. There are two basic families of manuscripts. Now there there are no existing autographs. The autographs means the ones that the apostles and the prophets. Originally wrote, they don't exist. The what we have are manuscripts, copies, and for the most part, copies of copies. And when you, there are two basic families of the uh, of manuscripts that people trans that people translate from. Uh, the first is called the received texts. Now, the received texts um, come from a wide variety of Of uh, of Christian uh, collections of the scriptures, and it's what I prefer the received texts because the received texts agrees with one another the most, and it comes from a wide uh, background of of critical not uh, not critical but uh, well studied uh, manuscripts, and so when you compare them with each other, they they agree more. Most um, there are a lot of translations that uh, come from something called the critical text. And the critical text, to me, just doesn't have the same good history and agreement that the received text have. And the the critical texts, they were most of them were found in in uh, places not of Christian tradition, but more like Greek philosophy and Hellenism. And so I now don't get me wrong. I believe that God can still save a person who is reading Bible's translated from the rec- from the critical text because God can God can do that. And if a person's reading and reads about Jesus in in these other versions and they believe in Jesus Christ, God can still save a person even reading from those Bibles that, uh, from those manuscripts mm-hmm. that I just said. However, I don't I, if I'm going to do good Bible study personally I receive I I like the received text and the 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 two English versions that come from the received text um, would be the King James version and the new King James version yeah. um, but oh also I would like to say that I like Formal translations, rather than paraphrases or dynamic translations, the NIV isn't a formal translation. It's a it's a dynamic translation, and paraphrases aren't tra- they're not even really translations. They're just yeah. more like people saying it the way they want to. <laughs> and so, the reading the Bible is important. Um, whatever version you're reading, you just need to be very uh, you need to compare. Uh, the the Bible versions um, to make sure that the the version that you're reading isn't missing anything. Yeah. And uh, you have a verse that I think is very very uh, apropos to this. Well,
1: I wanted to also just uh, add three points to the listeners because uh, you know Chris is a longtime caller and I know he, he's very well studied with the Bible. But for anyone who's listening to the show right now, number one, God says if you seek Him. You will find him when you search for him with all your heart. That's mm-hmm. one. And that's in the Bible Two, in John chapter 17, 17, he says, sanctify them through thy word, thy truth. Thy word is true. And like Pastor Lewis said, just reading even any different version. And I know a lot of people have a hard time with like the King James version because of the thou, thee, the old English. A lot of people were like, well, I, I can't quite understand that. I, I had the same struggle in the very beginning. Like I could not understand that. But when I, we prayed me and my, my wife and, uh, my brother had prayed and we had asked the Lord to help open our, our eyes to what God wants us to understand. Mm. Believe it or not, it started to flow and open up that we didn't even <laughs> uh, we didn't even need to go to the other translations or versions mm. because God had already spoke to us through the King James version. And then the third one I wanted to put out uh, the point I want to put out for Chris is I was in California back in 2015. Mm. I had uh, stopped by. Uh, California as a layover. We were heading to Philadelphia, then, then to uh, Colorado, and then Hawaii, and then back home, uh, back to California and Hawaii, and back home. But mm. we had met with a longtime friend uh, and a missionary that was here back in the early 2000s. His name was uh, Dr. Hugo Leon, ah. and he had a very big surprise for me and my family. He said, "You know what? We're going to this this uh, this show, uh, this this uh, display of of artifacts that were brought from." Uh, uh, the European area and so we I was excited I didn't know what he was going to show us but he brought us to the Dead Sea Scrolls exhibit that in California fun. it was mm. in the LA Convention uh, center around there and Pastor Lewis and listeners I was going through there looking at all these uh, Dead Sea Scroll artifacts and, and, and actual scrolls they actually had part of them on display mm. And the interesting thing is when they had found those back, I think it was in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Just about. When they translated what it actually said, written in Greek and, 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 and uh, Hebrew. Hebrew, they were, or sorry, that was the Hebrew one. Yeah. Hebrew. Not not the Greek one. Sorry, the Greek one's the New Testament. In the Old Testament, for example, word for word, practically, I think there was a part of Isaiah there, and it was amazing that it was not even, ch- it was word for word uh, from After that all what was written, yeah, and yeah. to what was translated into right. the, new ki- the King James versions. Mm. They were comparing them both, and it was near word for word, and, and I was Perfectly so, preserved. Yes. Yes. God's word will reach you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you just have to have that heart to seek him. I would like to
0: thank you for bringing that up. Is that you know the, what I just said about um, different manuscripts? Yeah. It should not uh, cause us to doubt what we have in our hands is the Word of God, yes. because you know when we're reading the Scriptures and we're comparing it and going doing good study, then you know I believe that the Word of God has come to us down the down the centuries and god has promised that he will preserve his word and he and i believe he has done that and these uh manuscript discoveries yes. demonstrate just how faithfully god has done that
1: and i, I had yeah. read something it's wonderful that they're, it's a miracle f- they're finding more say. again i oh. believe they found a few more well like i said basically. they they're,
0: they're continuing to uh study translations they're studying the the languages and i just think that uh, that um I'm not putting my faith in, in uh, archaeologists, but it's wonderful how archaeology backs up the yes, Word of God yes. and instills faith in it. Uh, we want to put our faith in God. God is the one who says, "I will preserve, I will preserve my word, and keep it pure." Yep. So uh, thank you very much, Chris, for That's bringing a that out. Question, actually. And uh, so it looks like we have about seven minutes left, seven minutes left, and I think we can take. Uh, in this these last seven minutes that we have, a question that has come to us um, through call through call, but somebody just simply left a question, and let me bring that up. It, someone's asking for an explanation of Exodus twenty-two, verse, two. verse two. Now, if not if I'm that. not mistaken, that's the first commandment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, for yeah. Exodus chapter twenty
1: and reading verse two, uh, would you like to read that? All right. So it says here, I'll read verse one, two. Okay. And God spake all these words saying, and then here's verse two. I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. This is a very good question Mm. because a lot of people say, why is this inside of this? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments a precursor to to what the Ten Commandments is about to be laid out. Mm. And here's the the thing, and a lot of people don't quite understand is when, when God takes you and I, Right. From A to Z, A beginning where we are mm. <laughs> in, in the world without him. Right. To Z, the final the final product that he wants, uh, which is to be with him. Or A to B, that I guess, depending on what you want to look at. <laughs> right. It says here, he, there was an understanding of why he, when he gave these commandments to, to Moses and he said, this is what I'm, I'm going to tell, or this is what it is. I am your God. Yeah. And I've taken you from... Egypt. Technically yeah. Egypt which was hell to them. Yeah. Well, they were slaves. Yeah, they were slaves. A and house they were of unhappy. Bondage. They were very mm. sad. They had pleaded to God, you know, over the, the bad things that were happening to them. So God took Moses and said, Okay, I'm gonna get my people right. and take them to a better place. Yes. And bring them out of this. And so God's here was a precursor. Yeah. yeah, precursor to this is me, this is what I did. Yeah. And then here's the commands. Right. And I really like how
0: you bring that out, yeah. that God, the f- even before he speaks the first commandment, he says, this is our relationship. Yes. And he sa- "And I love that. He says, I am the Lord. I am, I am the true God. Yes. Now, I just brought you out of house of bondage. Those gods back in Egypt, those false gods, they had you in bondage. Yes. Yes. I'm the one who freed you from that. <laughs> uh, I am I am so different from them I am not them I am the true God I am the one who gives you freedom they're the ones who bring you into bondage I'm the one who brings you joy they're the ones that's who right. bring you misery I'm the one who gives you freedom they're the ones who make uh, who keep captive. you captive. Yeah, captive and so he really wants to say you know and then he says don't have any other gods except me
1: that's right because
0: I'm the only true one and so I really like how God just starts with the relationship, and he basically he doesn't outright say, outright, outright say it, but he's it's almost like God says, "I'm the one who loves you." That's right. <laughs> and so He starts with that relationship of love, and He says, "On that basis, I will give you my commandments: Thou shalt not have any other gods; Thou shalt not uh, ha- uh, bow down before any graven images, and so on." For the rest of the commandments, everything is based on who God is. Here's another point
1: I have. Uh huh. Here it was: is these were these guys were used to the, the fake deal. Yeah. But <laughs> they, God came and were. said, "I am the real deal." Mm-hmm. And just like uh, uh, Paul wrote, you know, the you know all these people in, in where he was going, like uh, all the different places, he said, "You have all these gods; you think that hear you." And, yeah. ha, you know, you, you make form images of them and, and you, you know, you pray to them and and they don't hear you. They don't do anything. Even Isaiah said the same thing mm-hmm, true. to Jezebel's uh, team mm. and said, you know, you guys pray all you want and, and scream and tear your flesh and whip yourself. And no one's going to hear you. There's oh, no, Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Elijah. Yeah. No one's going to hear you, <laughs> but only God can hear you.
0: Yes. Well. Yeah. That I think uh, Exodus 22 is a great way to remind ourselves who is the one who gives us the law, and Mm -hmm. it's the one who loves us. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Elder Francis, for being with me on this program. Wonderful
1: to be here, Pastor.
0: And thank you, each and every one of you, for tuning in and listening uh, to our Straight from the Bible program today. We would like to invite you to tune in again next time for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness. And Francis Blars Saying good night. God bless.
2: Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.